If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me this morning to Psalms chapter 100. Last week we did a time to rejoice out of the book of Habakkuk, and I thought, you know, this week being Thanksgiving, what a better time to do a, a time to be thankful than this week. Um, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Hey, when you think about Thanksgiving, what comes to your mind? Food. Oh, that's, that's a good church answer, right? Food and praise. What else? Family. Thanks. Reflecting on the year. Around our table, we have a tradition. Carol puts all the food on the table and is sitting there and, and you know, you're getting more and more hungry as you smell it. And then we go around the table, and before we can touch it, we've got to be thankful. And I think it's a great tradition. It's something that um, you know, reminds us, takes us back to what it's all about. That it is about giving back thanks. It's, it's not just about the food, and it's not just about the great desserts, and the, and the coffee, and the naps afterwards while the football game's on. It's about so much more. It's about a time of reflection, a time of remembering all of the blessings that God has given us. Because last week in my sermon, I talked about, you know, we do have to remember God's blessings because even in the Bible, we're told 200 times to either remember or forget not. And I believe that is, that's necessary for us because we need to remember because we do have short memories. Because every time something bad happens to us or every time we, we get involved in some kind of trial or tribulation or some kind of issue takes place, that's what we've become focused on. Well, Thanksgiving's a time for us to, to move beyond that, that regret or move beyond that trial and give back thanks. You know, it's not uncommon that at Christmas time people have these wish lists and at New Year's time they have resolutions. But at Thanksgiving, do you ever write down what you're thankful for? Do you ever focus on really what you're thankful for? There were several housewives, they were asked in a poll, what are things that you're thankful for? I want to read a few of these to you. For automatic dishwashers, because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back for after dinner snacks. I love this one. I'm thankful for my husband who will attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough so that we can then call the professionals. <laughs> For smoke alarms, because they tell us when the turkey is ready. You know, your list and my list may be a little bit different than, than some of those. But we've got to start always with giving thanks for our salvation, for our church family, for the mercy that God shows us, for the, for the grace we have. You know, I can remember growing up in the Lions Church, and on Sunday evenings we always sat around about halfway through the, uh, the song service part of Sunday evenings. And the pastor would always say, does anybody have a testimony? Or anybody have something you want to be thankful for? I thought about going around and asking that today. But, you know, this service we'd probably have enough time to do it. Next service, probably not. But you think about it. Do we express our thanks to God on a regular basis? Do we express our gratitude to Him? Has it ever occurred to you... That the first Thanksgiving was much different than what we have. That the early Americans who were, we would consider underprivileged as they came over on the Mayflower. 
they started this custom of giving thanks. And I, w- I want to share with you what their life was like a little bit. They had no homes. And there was no government to help them build homes. They had no means of transportation other than their own two legs. Their food, it either came from the sea or from the forest. And there was nobody to go get it for them. They didn't have a grocery store to go to where it was conveniently put there on the shelf. If they wanted milk, they milked the cows. If they wanted something's meat on the table, they either went and shot it and cleaned it or went and caught it out of the ocean and cleaned it. They didn't have the things that we have today, the conveniences. They had no money. And even if they did have money, they had no place to spend that money. They had no amusement except for what they made for themselves, no means of communication with their relatives in England, and no social security, and no Medicare. But yet... If anyone were to ever call them underprivileged to their face, they would have probably winded up in the stocks because they saw themselves as very privileged. And that's why they started this tradition of thanksgiving because they saw themselves as privileged. Without all of the things that we have today, they still saw themselves as privileged because they had, they had things that we forget about. They had courage. They had initiative. They had a willingness to work. And above all, they had an unending faith in God. And that's why they started this tradition that we have today of thanksgiving. And it's a tradition that you know our forefathers started, but it's a distinctive holiday. It's the only holiday that doesn't commemorate either a birthday or commemorate a battle of some sort. It's the only American proclaimed holiday that of itself is put there just to give thanks to God. I want to read to you in 1979, George Washington's public proclamation. The proclamation states this, by the president of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits And humbly implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress. You you heard that right. Both houses of Congress. Have by their joint committee requested me. To recommend to the people of the United States. A day of public thanksgiving and prayer. To be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts. The many signal favors of the almighty God. Now therefore I do recommend and assign Thursday the 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these United States to the service of the great and glorious being who is beneficent, who is the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, and that will be. So read the very first presidential proclamation. Isn't it amazing how we have forgotten what Thanksgiving was established for. To recognize God and his benefits that he's given to us. As a nation to proclaim that we are one nation under God. Given liberty by that God. And given benefits by that God. 
But yet Thanksgiving now has become a day where you look through the sale paper to see what's on sale on Black Friday. And by the way, you don't even have to wait till Black Friday because retail stores are now open on Thanksgiving Day. So if you want to get a jump on it, you can go on Thanksgiving Day and buy your presents. And it's a time rather than give thanks. It's a time that we think of so many other things to do. I want us to go to Psalms 100. Because I think as we look at Psalms 100 this morning, it gives us an understanding of what our heart should be this year. A psalm for giving grateful praise, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, it's interesting that before the children of Israel even went into the promised land, you go back to Deuteronomy and you you read chapter 6 of Deuteronomy and you see these proclamations being made of things the children of Israel should do when they enter the promised land. And basically all the proclamations were to say this, when you get to this land flowing with milk and honey and you receive all these blessings, don't forget God. Don't forget God. When you're in the midst of all this land that is so plentiful that it's not even like work to live, don't forget who brought you into this land. You see, because I think so many times in the midst of all of our blessings... We do forget when we settle into our own in our warm houses on a cold winter day. We forget the reason we have that nice warm house is the God who gave us the ability to have it. So many times when we have plenty to eat, we forget who provided that for us. How many times does the average American actually, when they sit down to eat, do they thank God for the food that is set on the table in front of them? Go to the restaurant after service today and sit down and watch when food comes to the table. How many people in that restaurant actually bow their head and give God thanks for the food that was placed in front of them? We forget so often these blessings that we have come from a benevolent God. They come from a God who has given to us out of his grace and out of his mercy. If you go back to verse 1, I want, I want you to see something. A psalm for giving grateful praise. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. This psalm was not written just for Israel, but this psalm was written for the entire earth. You know, there are only three nations that have a day of thanksgiving. The United States, Canada, and the Philippines. What would the world be like if every nation set aside a day to give thanks to the benevolent God, to the almighty God who gives them what they have? 
Instead, we're more worried about what we don't have. Instead, we're more worried about what somebody else has that we don't have. And I think if we would just give thanks together to God, how many barriers, how many walls would come down if we all recognized our blessings come from the same place? That the reason we have what we have is because of God. Today, as we go through this, I I want us to look at Psalms 100. I want us to emphasize some things within Psalms 100. Some of the things you're going to see in Psalms 100, if you look at the first three verses, you're going to see the name, the Lord. You look at verse four and it's talking about entering his gates and his courts. In verse five, it is once again, the name of the Lord. The basis of our thanksgiving, the basis of our blessings and the the basis of who we acknowledge for those have to come as we recognize the Lord. We recognize that we have nothing without his hand. There's an author, his name is Alex Haley. And I don't know if any of you remember the, the miniseries that was out Roots years and years and years ago. Alex Haley is the author of Roots. In his office, where he writes all of his, where he writes his novels, he writes his books. He has a very awkward looking painting. And the painting is of a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. And somebody asked him one time, said, Why do you have that painting in your office? It just looks weird. And this was his response. Every time I look at that painting, I'm reminded that there was somebody else that put him on that fence post. And I'm reminded I'm only where I am because somebody else has lifted me up here. And so it reminds me to give thanks to God. So this Thanksgiving, remember that turtle on the fence post Maybe you. And you had help getting where you are. And since you had help getting there, should we not then give thanks? And in this, in this passage, a short passage, there are five different commandments that are given about thanksgiving. The first one, shout for joy to the Lord All the earth. The first commandment about giving thanks to God is to shout. It means to shout with the force of a trumpet blast. A shout of joy that makes the Lord that 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 shout to joy comes from so deep within us that it's not mistaken for anything else. Shout to the Lord. What do you have to be thankful for? Have you ever had a problem solved that you thought would never get solved? Have you ever faced a situation you thought, man, I will never get out of this. But yet somehow you're here today and you're out of it on the other side. You have things to shout for. There's a pastor told the story of a missionary who... The missionary, when he went to serve, he was a medical missionary, went to serve overseas for years... He came upon this tribe that had this degenerative eye disease. That as the entire tribe aged, their eyesight got worse. Until eventually when they were in their 30s and 40s, everybody would be completely blind. And so as this medical missionary began studying the problem, he he found out a solution to the problem. And so he began this service for them and began providing this service 
so that whenever they began to age, their eyes would not deteriorate. He basically cured this, this problem they, that they had the entire, their entire um, existence as a tribe. But in this tribe of progressive blindness, they had no way of saying thank you in their language. But this is what they would say to him. I will tell your name. That's how we'll say thank you. I will tell others of you. You see, they didn't have a way of saying thank you, but they could tell others. I think, honestly, that's one of the greatest ways we could say thank you to God is tell others of the blessings that God has given us. Tell others of the situations we've been in and how God has brought us out of those situations. Even though right now in America, things don't seem to be going the way that, that really we think they should, we may not feel completely blessed as we used to. We are still a very blessed people. And this is a time to give thanks to God for what we have. If you have pocket change sitting on your dresser at home, you are wealthier than 98% of the world. 98% of the world. So if you're sitting here today and you have pocket change, you're in the top 2% of the world in economics. Does that put things into perspective? If you actually have money in your bank account, you're in the top 2% of the world. If you have food on your table, you have a reason to shout to the Lord. You have a reason to exclaim the joy. Suddenly you have to realize that God has been good to you. That God has been faithful in everything. You go to verse 2 and you see the second command. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. The second command is to worship the Lord with gladness. Or to serve the Lord with gladness. Think about that. If we're going to be thankful to God, does it not make sense then that we would do service for Him? How many times have you served the community that God has put you in? How many times have you done things outside of your family in service to God as a way of saying, thank you, God? You see, that's what we should be doing as part of our thanksgiving we should be looking for ways to bless other people we should be looking for ways to serve god go back to matthew chapter 25 verse 40 and in matthew 25 verse 40 jesus uses this terminology when he when he is you you know this story where he, he divides the sheep from the goats and jesus uses this terminology and he says Inasmuch as you have done to the least of these, my brothers, you have done unto me. And you know, I think about this. How many times do the things that we do as we serve this community, are we actually doing in the name of Christ? Are we actually doing for him? When we help those around us, when we're benevolent because God has been benevolent to us. (coughs) The third thing we find in verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
We come before the Lord with a joyful song because we are His. You go back to Psalms 98, 4 and it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I don't care who you are, but you can make a noise. It, it can be joyful to you even if it's not joyful to everybody else around you. But if you're making a noise unto the Lord, giving praise to Him, it's a joyful noise for God. Think about this. When you get to heaven, and when we come to the end times, when we spend eternity, and there's, there are these times of praises that we give, and everybody is praising God together. You see the picture that John sees in heaven. And everybody is praising God together. Your voice is going to match somebody else's voice. I think one of the, and I wish I would have thought about it this morning, I would have put it up. There's a YouTube of, uh, that Louis Giglio talks about of the stars and the whales singing. And he puts them together. He takes, these, he takes these, the noise that's being emitted from these stars and he places them with these whales. And then he sings, or Chris Tomlin sings a song, How Great Is Our God. And it actually matches perfectly. So all of creation, even what we consider noise, is singing praise to God. It's amazing how God has created man to give praise and all of creation to give praise. All of the first three commands deal with, you know, God desires us to be blessed. He desires us to be joyful. He desires us to have happiness in our life. And, and out of that comes this shout for joy and serving with gladness and singing songs of joy. The fourth one, going back to this verse, knowing that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. And we are the sheep of his pasture. Now think about that for a minute. Command number four is to know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his sheep. God took every bone that you have, every joint that you have. He welded them all together, and he made it to happen. He, he brought sinews and muscles and covered it with skin. And you are who you are because God has designed you that way. And that's something to give God thanks, thanks for because, you know, it's a mystery. Think about how you were made and think about how much of a mystery it is. Now, when God thought about me, he decided to make this. And I think there's a sense of humor that goes along with this. And I think the sense of humor goes along with he gave me a beautiful wife. And it's a mystery how God would make this to happen. But also in the process of creating this, as I look at it in the mirror when I wake up in the morning, I think about, but God also gave me how many blessings. God gave me the ability to teach and to share his word. And out of all my blessings, outside of my salvation and the family that God has given me, I think my greatest blessing is to know that I can serve him 
with the talents that God has given me. And I can make a living doing this. I have a career doing this. And sometimes I sit in my office as I'm studying and I'm amazed. I get paid to do this. Because I enjoy this. There were other jobs I had I didn't enjoy so much. Like shoveling out the corn bins growing up. Didn't really enjoy those. Like having to clean out the calf pens. Didn't really enjoy that one. But being able to sit at my desk, study, do administrative work for this church. It's hard to believe I get paid to do it because I really enjoy it. And I enjoy the people I work with. And I enjoy the people I serve. This is how God... It's such a mystery. But we cannot overlook that God meant for this to be. Someplace along the way when God was designing this, He had you in mind. And He's still working on each one of us. He's not done with us. We're still a work in process. But God has in mind what that process is going to look like. And I think you must be pretty special to God because He still works on you all these years. Remember the old song, He's Still Working on Me? To make me what I ought to be? It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. But think about it. Some of you are 70, 80 years old. And you must be more precious than any of them because God's still working on you. I'm 45 and God is still working on me every day. And every day I make a mistake and every day God corrects me and every day that God fixes it. Because I am to him his sheep. And we need to be reminded that he is the shepherd. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Most of us want to be the shepherds, not the sheep. Because a lot of times we don't think it's any fun being the sheep. But the problem is, we don't know where the still waters are. We don't know where the green pastures are. He does. So doesn't it make sense then for you to be the sheep, let him be the shepherd, and to lead you by the still waters, to lead you to the green pastures, and to bring this peace to your life? Let's go into command number five. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Command number five is to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. To recognize that we are entering into his presence every day. To give praise as we come into his presence. And no matter what happens... To realize that God is still in control. That God is still God. And no matter how tough life seems to be at times. You have to remember a flower will never bloom unless there is rain. And sometimes your life will never become its fullest. Unless there are trials and tribulations you go through. Go back to the history of the church. When the church was the strongest was when it was going through the midst of its tribulation periods. 
That's when the church was the strongest. You go back and look, when the church was being martyred, between 8100 and 8300, that's when the church grew the fastest. It's when it was the strongest. When over a 200-year period of time, 5 million Christians were martyred for their faith, that's when the church was the strongest. When you're going through tribulations in your life, trials, tests, struggles, you have to remember, maybe that's the rain and the storms that make you grow. It all depends on the perspective you put on it. Some people ask, why do rose bushes have thorns? Other people ask, why do thorn bushes have roses? We need to be the ones that see the roses and not the thorns. Because this year as we give thanks to God, give thanks for His mercy, give thanks for His blessings, thank God for all that He has done for us. And never, ever forget the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for you. So this year when you sit around the dinner table, and I challenge you as you give thanks... Try to remember not the things that you have on this earth because of what you have done. But remember the things that you have only by the hand of God. And give thanks to God for it. And enter his courts with thanksgiving. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. And as we do that, make that joyful noise unto the Lord. Sing with gladness. Sing with gladness. And if you want to break out in a song this year at Thanksgiving table, go for it. Shout to the Lord. And none of your family is going to complain much. They may say you're off key, but that's okay. But if you're singing to the Lord and making that joyful noise, go for it. Because you have so many blessings. I'm looking so forward to Thanksgiving this year. We get to go home, see family. For the first time in over 20 years, I'm going to be with all of my siblings for Thanksgiving. And it is going to be, it's something I'm looking so forward to. We probably won't break out into song. Because at the dinner table that day, there's probably going to be over 50 of us with our kids and the brothers and sisters and mom and dad together. But I am already giving thanks. Dad is 89, mom is 85, and we get one more Thanksgiving that we get to be together with them. And that is a blessing from God. My mom always said she'd always prayed to be taken in the rapture and not to die. She's made it this far. Who knows? But we look up and look for the victory as we give God praise and we give God thanks. Let's, let's pray together this morning. Father God, may this be a time of thanksgiving. A time to rejoice and a time to give thanks. A time not to mourn. But Father, a time to look up and to see the blessings that we have that come only from you. Blessings that were secured for us on the cross of Jesus Christ. That were secured in that empty tomb. And Father, we look now for the day that Christ returns 
and reigns in his kingdom. Father, we will follow you as the sheep of your pasture. And Father, we acknowledge that you lead us where we need to go. Even though sometimes, Father, we we feel like we're going through the valley of the shadow of death. We know, Father, the end game is the green pastures and the still waters. And that, Father, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And, Father, we give you praise for that. And, Father, may we declare those praises today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.